bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. (laughs) This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. 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 It is a football Friday here on Birds 365 as we get that much closer to the start of the regular season. We had a key preseason day yesterday, which we're going to talk extensively about today here on our Football Friday episode. We've got a couple of good guests coming your way. you got your Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald. Uh, We've got a lot to sink our teeth into over the next two hours. But I do want to start here, John. I need to thank one of our streamers. Uh, and we love all you guys who stream in and, and not only uh, check us out on a daily basis, but also have your own running conversation on the stream, which is don't go great. <clears throat> I, I, I enjoy reading you guys every single day. I need to thank Andrew Hernandez, who was our first or second streamer today. We got a new member, Paul Blum, today. Thanks for checking in, Paul. Uh, whose first comment was, where's Kyle Rogers? Uh, now Kyle streams in every single day. If the show doesn't start exactly at uh, 8 a.m., he has to ask the question: Is Jody asleep again? Did Jody's yeah, alarm go down? Happened once. Where I the am, hell uh, is Jody? We took a power hit at my house. The alarm never went off, and I just slept through the entire show, which I profusely apologized for six months ago, wherever, however long ago it was. But Kyle jumps on every single day and says, Jody oversleeping again. And I know Kyle, just, Kyle overslept. Now you got now you got some ammunition. Point. That's yeah. why I'm thanking Angel Hernandez. Yeah. The show started a minute late and there was no Kyle Rogers. Me thinks his alarm didn't go off. Yeah. He didn't get up in time to watch the beginning of Bird. Kyle Rogers, where the hell are you, my friend? Uh well, you know, you're not gonna get the apology. And Angel Hernandez is screwing up somebody's strike zone somewhere. Uh, that's what he's doing. Isn't isn't that the umpire who's terrible? Yeah, that's Angel. This is Andrew. Yeah. Oh, oh Andrew. I'm uh, sorry. That's yeah. all right. Don't, don't be called. Andrew's my guy now. He defended yeah. me. He, he so did. Don't be, I don't be you dropping for some reason, Angel Hernandez on Andrew Hernandez. I, for he is some not reason, a lousy umpire in the National League. He is a on-top-of-things Birds 365 watcher. Yeah, for some reason, I thought you said Angel. And that I, I probably have bad strike zones on the mind. I, I'm up, but you know, physically, but I'm I'm tired. So, you know, I heard Angel. We'll find out how much you have on the ball today. Cause yeah, we got a lot to sink our teeth into with the fact that uh first thing first, let's uh, promo our guest. 
Uh, game day Kratz, Eddie Kratz is on live. He was in Cleveland at the practice yesterday. We'll go through uh, the entire uh, hour and 40 minutes that the Browns and the Eagles put in yesterday with uh, Ed. Our second guest uh, is going to be Daniel Ryder, who covers the Browns for 92.3 The Fan out there in Cleveland, their all sports radio station, uh, who I said having Daryl on uh, up through uh, a friend who's the program director of the radio station out there, Andy Roth, used to be a Philly guy, graduated from Penn, was a producer of mine in two different places, and we're still buddies. I said, can you get me a guy, one of you guys on the staff, who will be in attendance for the Thursday practice, and then we get him on Friday morning, he'll be back for the Friday practice, but we can get some Browns perspective for the joint practice that the Eagles and Browns can have. So he set me up with Daryl, said he's good, he's there. Uh, Browns reporter, covers them every single day for 92.3 out there. Uh, and then I check his Twitter this morning, and he says, I don't want to comment on practice because I didn't get a chance to watch as much of it yeah. as I thought I was going to because they had this other thing going on out in Cleveland called the Deshaun Watson settlement. So all the Browns reporters were much more in tune to what was happening off the field than on the field practice today. So we're going to get Daryl up. He's going to be on. We'll probably ask him a lot of Deshaun Watson questions. Because don't forget, as Johnny Mack has been reporting here forever, the Eagles were sincerely interested in acquiring Deshaun Watson. They were in the conversation. They found out that they didn't have a chance because Deshaun had a no trade clause and he didn't want to come into Philadelphia and unseat his buddy Jalen Hurts. So despite their interest, the Eagles really never had a shot at Deshaun Watson and Howie Roseman should thank his lucky stars. That's the case because otherwise <laughs> yeah. we and the Eagles would be dealing with all this crap <clears throat> that the Browns are doing with yeah. today. Uh, so we'll have Daryl on a little bit later. It just isn't going to be the conversation that we thought we were going to have with Dow, but we'll do it uh, just the same. All right, Johnny Mac, you, you've talked to Ed, and we'll get Ed up here in less than 20 minutes now. Um, and all your fellow Eagle Beat reporters, practice number one between the Eagles and the Browns. Um, they did this twice last year. You were there for all four practices, which most people suggest the Eagles went 4-0 and in those practices. From the reports I saw, pretty close to a toss-up yesterday. Yeah, toss-up. I I get that. Um, you know, that, and that's why I wanted to check out the Mary Kay Cabots of the world, Daryl, uh, writers of the world. I, I wanted to see their perspective. Because, you know, you get some homerism going. You're used to seeing players. It looks like Devontae Smith had a really good practice. Um, and I wanted to, you know. Uh, kind of balance it and uh, couldn't balance it because they, they were busy yesterday and they're kind of my, I'm in the same boat. I'm like, I hate talking about practices. I don't go to right. because it, uh, you know, I can't, I can't tell you what went on, but uh, thankfully we're going to have Ed here who can. Um, and yeah, for the most part, I think toss up. I, I think what happened was like right off the bat, the Eagles were really hot. You're like, oh, they're cooking, baby. And then it sort of sort of slowed down. I think the Eagles offense, from what I saw, probably performed better than the defense. But evidently the defense was on the farther field and more difficult to see for the Eagles reporters. Um, but it looked like they didn't perform as well, maybe. And, and yeah, toss-up is probably the way to go, or I saw slight edge to the Eagles, so maybe you can give them 5-0. Oh, I don't know. But I, I, I don't feel comfortable giving them a, a, a title. So 
I'm I'm going to lean on the fence. No one likes to do that, but it right. seems like it was pretty even. And and guess what? You know, no Miles Garrett out for personal reasons. Denzel Ward didn't practice in team drills. Deshaun Watson obviously on the second team. You know, if you're going to go tiebreaker, you might have to go tiebreaker uh, the other way. Yeah, see, and I won't even go tiebreaker, which means the Eagles are still undefeated. If they're four zero and one, that's, that's still true. undefeated that's uh, joint practice record for the Philadelphia Eagles. I give you one other guy, and Eddie's going to join us in less than ten minutes now, uh, so we'll get that much more from him because he was there. Um, I'm ticked off at someone today. The problem is I don't know who to be ticked off at. Yesterday we had Jeff Mosher on with us from Inside the Birds. And he'd give us a great spot, as he always does. Um, but something came out. He told us when he was on with us, they had just dropped their latest podcast on Inside the Birds. Um, and I, I read this morning that on the podcast, <clears throat> Jeff Mosher said that the Eagles had talked to two specific teams, didn't name the team, but said there were two teams that were in conversation with the Philadelphia Eagles for a potential trade of Jalen Rager. Now, Moshe never mentioned that when he was on with us for 20 minutes yesterday. Now, well, we, I, we, we, I don't think we asked. So that, you that, know, that's that, what I'm saying. I said yeah. I'm mad at somebody. I don't know who I'm mad yeah. at. I don't know if I'm mad at Moshe for not bringing it up with us. I don't know if I'm mad at you because you're a better reporter than I am and you should have thought to ask that question. Or if I'm mad at myself. Because, yeah, I'm a co-host of this show. I could have gotten to Jalen Rager and maybe uh, gotten it out of Mosher yesterday. And whoever I'm mad, I'm mad yeah, at somebody. I don't, I don't know who to get mad at either because I also forgot that you were leaving early. So, typically, we would have kept Jeff a little bit longer. And then I usually, at the end, get to the Rager-Dillard trade conversation, which I probably should. I probably would have because Cleveland and Andrew Berry and, and Catherine Race are there. They're so familiar with each other, both organizations. But, I mean, as far as the trade, I, look, they've been talking about trading Jalen Rager for a long time. Uh, and they've uh, been fielding calls, uh, making calls. Um, but, and, and Ed can talk about this, too, because he's got uh, a really good source in the uh, Jalen Rager camp. And um, the Eagles want a lot for Jalen Rager. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know who's going to give him a lot for Jalen Rager at this point. So it's kind of out of loggerheads. Maybe Howard Roseman is just playing that game until he can't play it anymore. And then you just fold and get as much as he can. Or, you know, maybe keep him uh, just in case there's an injury because you never know when that light turns on and he does have talent. You're certain... In other words, if you and you don't even want to say it, but if you lose one of your top two receivers, you know it's nice to have somebody with that talent that you can just throw in there, rather than trying to cobble it together with guys who might be might be good from a locker room standpoint, like Greg Ward and Zach Pascal, but don't have the athleticism or or that kind of striking ability to 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 make big plays. Um, I don't know what the Eagles are thinking, but it looks like he's going to be here and, 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 unless they, they, unless Howie Roseman comes down, I mean, nobody's given up a, a day two pick for Jalen Rager. And if, and, and if they do, 
it's going to be a Rick Spielman like trade where you're just panicking because of a major injury or, you know, and you go back to Sam Bradford and all that. Um, and maybe that's what he's waiting for. Since you put them together in the same sentence, I'll do the same. Dillard, Rager, right now. None of those leverage-changing injuries involved. The interest is what it is around the league. The teams have the roster that they have. Who brings more in return and John McMullen signs in a, a deal? As oh, it's got to be player. Dillard. Got to be. I mean, it's a more valuable position. Um, he's... You know, neither has set the world on fire, but he's been a little bit more consistent when he has been out there, uh, at least when things settled down for him, uh, than Jalen Rager. Um, but yeah, left tackle is just more valuable than, um, you know, what a third, fourth receiver, something of that nature. Um, now, if somebody thinks Jalen Rager um, is, is a starting receiver, um, I I don't you know even at that point because you're going to bring in Andre Dillard as a starting left tackle I I would think Dillard would would bring back more uh, and that's a pretty comfortable uh, I think um, comfortable spot to be in I, I I don't see many avenues where Jalen Rager could bring back more than Andre Dillard. All right, since we're on the trade front, let me run this by you as well. Uh, again. You got the report from all of Eagle reporters. Eagles might have gotten the better of it, but it was very close or it was a toss-up day. And they could see the Eagle offense better and more clearly from where they were positioned to be able to watch practice than they could the uh, Eagles defense. Eagles offense looked good yesterday. And they did so without Miles Sanders, but most of it seemed to be the passing. Uh, that Jalen Hurts had a really nice day. Uh, that Devontae Smith came back at the field running after missing some time with an injury. A.J. Brown was A.J. Brown, and Dallas Goddard, Goddard was catching the ball all over the place. Um, Eagles running game not mentioned near as much. They might not have run all that many running plays, so you judge it as you feel you need to judge it. But apparently Kareem Hunt had a pretty good day for the Browns, that the Eagle defense didn't just manhandle or steamroll the Brown offense. And, oh, yeah, the Browns run the ball more than the Eagles do. For those of you clinging to hope that the Eagles are going to pick up from where they left off mm-hmm. last year, not happening. The Eagles are going to be a, run, a passing team, uh, at least at the start of the season. Uh, and the Cleveland Browns are not. They don't have Deshaun Watson. They're going to go with Jacoby Brissett. They've got a talented running uh, back room. Um, but Kareem Hunt is not happy with his position as the definitive number two behind Nick Chubb and his ass for a trade, but is in camp and is performing for the Browns right now. But it doesn't mean he can't be traded between now and the beginning of the season. And people have tied the Eagles to an interest in Hunt. Don't know exactly how many conversations Howie Roseman has had. He's a talented back. He makes good money, but not outrageous money. You could argue that if he came here, he would be the equivalent of Miles Sanders. I would argue he's better. Better? Okay. I'm, yeah, yeah. You're not as big a Miles fan as I am. And certainly not. Actually, I've, I've turned into a big Miles fan. Maybe not as big as you, but. A Miles defender you yes, become, not necessarily a Miles fan. I mean, compared to most Eagles fans, I've turned into a Miles fan, I guess, if you want to describe it. I think he's a good player. I think he's a good player. I just think he was overrated, and now he's underrated. And and I think that swing has been pretty drastic uh, to the point where 
people were nuts to compare him to some of the great running backs in the league, and they're just as nuts to think he's not the best running back on the, on this team right now. Now, Kareem Hunt comes in here. That changes it. So I don't know. First of all, you're right. He makes $6 million, So it's not outrageous, but it is kind of outrageous for the Eagles at that position. Um, I don't know if they want to go down that route. He's had some issues in his past. That's the reason he's in Cleveland. So you have that part of it as well. Uh, he was a great running back. People seem to forget in Kansas City. He's he's very effective. He's certainly one of the best 32 running backs in the world. They just happen to have Nick Chubb. I would argue he's top half. He's at least top 15. He, he might even be higher than that. He certainly was higher than that in Kansas City. Um, so he's a very good player. Um, from a football standpoint, just pure take everything else out of it. I think he'd be an upgrade. Um, I don't think the Eagles want to pay that money at that position, even though it doesn't seem like a lot. I don't think they want to upset the apple cart because then you you kind of lost Miles Sanders at that point. Um, I don't, but here's, I think... here's one of the reasons. I, sorry to interrupt, Jim, because Eddie joined us just a second. Your Miles just became a Miles fan. I've been a Miles fan since he was drafted out of Penn State. Yeah, I peak and valley like the Eagle fan base, just not as drastically as they do, too. But here's the one thing you can't defend. Miles gets hurt. How did Miles perform yesterday, John? Uh, he didn't because he didn't because he was hurt. What else is new? <laughs> That's well, why I think the Eagles have to at least consider the Kareem Hunt thing because Miles never plays all the all 17 games. We're, we're talking about three seasons, right? He did play his every game in his rookie season. So, yeah, he's missed four, I think it was four games and five games um, over the past two seasons. So, yeah, I mean, you hope he can be out there for 17. You probably can't count on it. But maybe sometimes the odds swing in your direction. They haven't been serious injuries. As far as this particular injury, I don't care. I mean, they're they're going to be really cautious about. Okay. It's evident. I say all the time, Jody. Is he on the field watching? He was on the field watching. If it's serious, they're not on the field. That's when I start to get concerned. If they say, "Yeah, go out and watch," that tells you they're just being cautious. Um, and that, so that part of it to me is positive. They, same thing with James Bradbury. He's out with a groin. Everybody, oh, he's out with a groin. What's going to, now he didn't even go in the building when he tweaked his groin. He went into the medical tent. Then he went, went back. And this was Tuesday when went back outside to watch practice. So that to me indicates it's not serious and they're just being cautious. So I'm, I'm not worried about that with Miles Sanders right now, but I understand people who, who have concerns because it's been two years and is he going to be there for 17 games? Probably not. I'd probably bet against that, but you know, maybe, maybe luck runs in his corner. This here's, year. here's why I will at least wave the red flag. I won't throw it down and slam it into the dirt, but at least wave it. They had 85 guys there yesterday uh, on the Eagle roster. 78 of them dressed and played. Seven of them didn't. So he's in that 10% that falls, oh, they were overly cautious. Well, they're not overly cautious with everybody because 78 guys dressed and played yet. Well, yeah, but no, Jody, that's a timing. He just tweaked his hamstring, whereas guys who came back like Boston Scott got, got out of the concussion protocol. Okay, he's back. Well, Raven Clark had a hamstring. He had been out for a number of days. 
It's just the timing of it. His hamstring injury came before, and he's back. And I forget the third person that came back. Ed, Ed's going to join us after the break. I, I can look at the report. But that's just the timing thing. Like, Bradbury tweaked his groin on Tuesday. So he's not out there. I mean, if he tweaked his groin a week before or 10 days before, he'd be out there. So that, to me, is just the timing aspect of the caution part of it. And he happened to get hurt later than some of the other guys who returned. That, that to me, is the explanation for that part of it. Fair enough. Uh, it just seems to me the timing crops up too often with Miles Sanders, and that's why I would consider a potential upgrade. How's that Kenny Gainwell looked in preseason so far? Oh, okay. That's Not the great guy to me, but other, other people think he's looked good. Bob Groats thought he looked good. Not not great to that me. That wasn't Bob Groats. I don't know who joined us yesterday, but it wasn't Bob Groats. He was <laughs> way too optimistic to be Bob Groats. Alright, one of the guys that we have on often here on Birds 365, because he calls it right down the middle. He, there isn't an evil Ed Kratz and an overly optimistic <laughs> Ed Kratz. It's the one and only Ed Kratz, and he's going to join us next here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears.
got Mega Max trying to call in. Jordan McDonald here with John Birch 365. But the between time for joint practices with the Cleveland Browns, one of the guys who was there yesterday to be able to give us some insight as to what down went down between the Browns and the Eagles. And we'll be there again today from Berea, Ohio, lovely downtown Berea. It's Ed Kratz. Are you up, Kratz? <laughs> yeah, I'm up, I'm up. it took me a day or two to figure out where, you know, exactly where in Ohio I was. But um, yeah, Berea, Ohio's right is where the training camp is. I think I'm out in uh, Middleburg. Cleveland Heights, aren't you? You're yeah, by Middleburg. the airport. Uh, yeah. Middleburg, yeah, Middleburg Heights. Okay. But, um, uh, yeah, yeah, all is good. It's been three beautifully sunny days here in Cleveland. And I have to say, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time in Cleveland, um, but it's a, it's a really nice city, very comfortable. Um, of course, it's only August. Wait until that lake effect snow comes rolling in and, yeah. and it becomes a much different vibe. But, you know, I, I think it's a cool city. I, I'm enjoying now, it. Now, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. A, did you go? And B, did you see yeah. Ruben Frank there? <laughs> I no, I did. I I did go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I didn't see, uh, you know, that uh, that music kind of saw Ruben Frank there. He's going to be there tonight. <laughs> There's some band that's playing there at eight o'clock tonight. Um, but I did see Josh Tolentino, our friend from the Inquirer. Him and I spent the afternoon kind of kicking around the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And if you haven't been there, I think it's you know I've been to just about every Hall of Fame out there except the baseball one, oddly enough. Um, and this was that's my the best one. That's yeah, but this, this so far is right at the top of my list. I mean, they play some great music as you're walking through, and they've got so much memorabilia in there. It's really, really cool. I mean, we were in there like three hours. Um, nice. So, yeah. It so was, more it was, memorabilia than your average hard rock cafe. So well worth it. Well, I, I saw a um, Elvis Presley gold. Oh, that's suit, nice. And I'm thinking, you know, I if I could get my hands on that, I, I would rock that week one in Detroit. But, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. It must. It must have been an old one if it's going to fit you, Ed. Can't be an early Elvis one because I'd have to have gotta, uh, some material added to that. Yeah, you got a, you got a couple pounds on you, Mister yeah. Former Wrestler. All right, yeah. uh, let's get to the business. Yesterday, Eagles and Browns put in about an hour and forty minutes or so. It was registered uh, yep. for a joint practice. They had upwards of two hours. Didn't take quite all of it, but most of it. Um, Different people that are reporting from the camp had different ways of seeing it. Eagles win or Eagles lose yesterday, Ed Kratz? Well, I, right now I'm calling it a preseason tie. You yeah. know, we all love those preseason ties. I, I thought both teams honestly did some really good things. And, um, you know, the offenses look good both sides. The defenses didn't. You know, we'll see what Nick Sirianni says. He talks to us later today. I don't know if he'll give a – you know, a status report on who won or lost. But I, I thought it was, you know, I thought both teams got some really good solid work. The Eagles first team uh, in one-on-ones I thought had the better of the Browns. But, you know, I think Hertz is a better quarterback than Jacoby Brissett. I got to be honest. And Hertz came out slinging it. He had seven completions right out of the gate in these one-on-one drills. And, you know, they were on opposite field. So I was looking through the binoculars at the defense and Mac McCain made some nice plays on those one-on-one drills. And, um, you know, uh, the, the Browns kind of struggled a little bit and that's a, a setup where the offense should excel, but the Eagles, I think got the better of them in that um, when they got together for the team portion, the 11 on 11 stuff, I think it was, you know, pretty much both teams having their, you know, doing some good, some good things. The Browns did a lot of running and with that running back group, they have Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt I mean, yeah. you know, they, they ran the ball a lot more and that's something the Eagles don't see a lot of in practices, 
is the run because the Eagles don't haven't run the ball a lot in practice. And so that was kind of a good thing for them to see because the, the Browns did gash them on some run plays. Uh, but the Eagles did some nice things, uh, you know, in the run game. I thought Darius Slay made a really nice stop on Kareem Hunt on the edge, made a tackle for uh, a loss. Uh, you know, I thought Jordan Davis did some nice things in the run game, kind of opened up some some uh, lanes for the linebackers like Hassan Reddick to make some tackles. So, um, you know, I, I think it was – I'm going to call it even, Jody. I'm going to call it right down the middle. I think it was a tie. Fair enough. Um, yeah, fair enough. 4-0-1 is better than 4-1. and So <laughs> maybe we can get to that. What is that Flyers record, Jody? 35 consecutive? Uh, yes, back uh, when, way back. When, way back when, when they were, were actually. still happening yeah. in the National Hockey League. If they can get to 35 consecutive practices, I'll be happy. Hey, but, no, no, uh, no. First things first, get to 21-0 like the Ravens. Yeah, preseason. Ravens preseason. That's, that's, that's a legitimate goal. You'll, yeah. It's only going to take four years to get there. Uh, I'm, I'm interested before I want to talk about the running game, but before I get to that, Ed, uh, from both perspectives, Cleveland and Philadelphia, because it's interesting, the dichotomy uh, to me. But I, I want to talk about the atmosphere first, because of what broke and what went down right before practice uh, was about to begin. And that's the suspension locked in now of Deshaun Watson, 11 games, five million dollar fine. What was it like to be on the ground uh, with that with that sort of news breaking and, 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 you know, pretty big deal as far as the NFL is concerned? Yeah, well, it was it was, you know, a circus atmosphere. I'm, you know, there were, you know, 100 people jammed in underneath this tent on a patio off to the. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply side of the field one of the practice fields and you know elbow to elbow in there and they brought out uh andrew barry of course the owners jimmy and d haslam spoke andrew barry the the gm and deshaun watson spoke so it was a circus and you know those brown writers were scrambling you know i was heading out to practice and i looked around the corner to the media room and they were yeah all, there's no browns writers yeah. you know, all the browns writers you know, however many of them are, are, half a dozen, maybe more. They're all in there, you know, writing stories and listening to tape. And I'm thinking, my goodness, thank God the Eagles didn't take yeah. 
at Deshaun Watson. But I, I will say this. I mean, they're, they're, they're using him in practice, and um, he, he's really good. I mean, yeah. He, yeah. you know, he missed some open throws, but, you know, he didn't play all of last year. But, you know, he, he is very good at keeping plays alive, and he made a really nice throw on one uh, 11 on 11 situation where it looked like he was running to the right. He had the ball tucked and he's running along the line and then he stops and pulls up and throws a dart to his tight end down the sideline who catches it on his fingertips and, you know, nice big 25, 30 yard gain there. So, you know, he's, he's the quarterback for this team whenever, you know, he can play again, which I guess is week, what, 13 against, yeah, against Houston, by the oddly way. Enough. Yeah. 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 It's crazy how that worked out, isn't it? Really? If the NFL should have, you should have done some betting on that schedule. Kicked yeah. it up to 12 games or whatever. Move it down to 10. That just looks bad. From yeah, the it's, oh, it looks great. What are you talking about? That's the yeah. best way to do it. I well, wouldn't be surprised no, if, if they, it, if they were leading toward 12. And they, oh, no, no, no. Let's make it 11. No, so I'm, not saying for, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying for interest, Jody. I'm saying for their critics, it looks kind of like, you know, they did it on purpose, and that's not a good thing, especially yeah, when you talk they about don't sweat, They don't sweat the critics. Well, I don't, they, I, don't, they, I don't agree with that because that's the way they acted, the way they acted, and all of a sudden they make that kind of mistake. And they look, and then you got the critics already out there. You give them more fodder, uh, saying you're just doing it for that interest standpoint. But uh, let's talk about the running game. This is why it interests me, Ed. Cleveland has a great offensive line right there with the Eagles. You know, if they brought J.C. Treader back, and I have no idea why they won't. Well, actually, I do because he's the Players Association president. They they would be right there with the Eagles as having maybe the best offensive line in football. They can run it with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, as you mentioned. And they practice running. So Jody's of the belief that, and maybe he's right, this team's got the Eagles are going to come out flinging the ball all over the place week one in Detroit. They have the number one ranked running game coming off last year, and they don't practice the running game. Yeah, what, why, why do you think that they do not practice running the football? Is it because they know they can run it and they've got a spring training motif of let's work on what we need to work on? Or do you think, hmm. like Jody, they're just going to come out slinging the football? Yeah, I'd, I'd go with uh, answer B there. I think that's what they want to do is they want to come out slinging the football, and that's what they tried to do last year. Remember? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, they didn't really start running it. They didn't commit to the run till, you know, October. So, yeah, I mean, I don't see any reason why they don't want to try to sling it around. They, the only offensive piece they really added is, you know, one of the best receivers in the game, A.J. Brown. Um, they, they want to throw the football and they are going to throw the football. And even if you don't practice running and just think you can turn it off and on like a faucet, it just it doesn't work that way. I mean, obviously the Browns know they can run the ball and they're practicing running the ball. So yeah, you have to, you have to hone that technique, whatever it is that you're going to do. And right now the Eagles are honing that pass game. And I think that's what they're going to do. And we'll see if it works, because if it doesn't, they're not going to get off to that fast start that everybody seems to think they're going to get off to. Uh, and and because they wouldn't be able to pass the ball. Now, maybe they will because they've worked on it and they've practiced it. And Jalen Hurts is back in the second year in this offense. And him and A.J. Brown look real good together. And I got to say, Devontae Smith was 
absolutely unguardable. Uh, nobody on the Browns. And I know Denzel Ward wasn't out there coming off the foot injury. He participated in some individual stuff, but he wasn't out there for team drills. Maybe he can guard Smith. But, you know, then then who's guarding Brown? I mean, it, you know, to me, this is an offense that's going to throw the football. They want to do that. And they have the weapons to do it. And we'll see if they can. Let me uh, double down on your Devontae Smith point because you just said that. <laughs> They only added one new offensive piece, a damn big one in A.J. Brown, but only one new piece. But if you go back to last year's preseason, they also subtracted a piece by trading Zach Ertz. So last year in camp, Dallas Goddard was 1A at the tight end position. Oh, he's 1 right now. There's a major drop-off after 1 to 2, as a matter of fact. And uh, John is with us every day reporting that Deshaun Watson is the third option in the offense. If the Eagles are going to go with a read one, read two, get the hell out of their offense, he might not get to Devontae Smith if he is the legitimate number three offense. He was one at the start of camp last year. When camp started, he was the man that Jalen Hurts was looking for more than anybody else. Uh, Apparently yesterday, he got the ball a lot. He was wide open, looked great. How are those three guys who are all legitimate potential number one target you can only have one one or you should but the eagles have three guys that you could make the case have the talent to be number one how's it all going to shake out once the season starts well i you know i guess that's going to be dependent on you know matchups week to week right and you know those guys will be in the progressions and that's kind of the goal for jalen hurts is to go through his progressions this year and not be so quick to you know jump ship when that pocket breaks down uh, if his first receiver is not open. You know, they want him to kind of stay in there and read his progression. So I think those three guys will be in the progressions. A running back, whoever you want to say, Sanders or Gainwell will be in the progressions, maybe Boston Scott. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, it's going to be game plan dependent, and, and they're going to use these guys. And, you know, there's only one ball to go around, and I think all three of these guys understand that. Uh, and, and if they're not getting the ball, I don't expect them to go public and say, you know what, they're not throwing me the ball enough. But who knows? If they're losing and A.J. Brown's only getting three targets a game, then maybe he complains. Or same with Devontae Smith. So, um, you know, but Dallas Goddard's really good. That, he was another handful for the defense yesterday, I'll say. I mean, he he made some nice catches. And even Jack Stoll made a couple nice catches down. You know, Jack it, Stoll. It, what about my guy, Noah Tungiai? Yeah, he, he 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 made some catches as well. Um, but you know, I, I Jack Stoll to me, I think is the number two tight end uh, on this roster. And Noah Tungi, you know, if he's going to make it, it'll be as the third guy. Um, but yeah, he he did okay. But I think they really like Jack Stoll, and I think Stoll has come along a long way. And again, he's a guy that you don't need to catch the ball unless something happens to Goddard, right? I mean, he's not in that top three mix, yeah. so. Yeah. Um, you know, if he shows he can be serviceable running patterns and catching passes uh, for that, you know, emergency or doomsday scenario, if something were to happen to Goddard, then then that's good because I think he's shown some of that. But, um, you know, right now, it's Smith, Goddard and Brown and let Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen and his guys figure out you know, how we're going to get all three yeah, of them. That's, off. that's the issue. You know, the positive of that is A.J., being so close to Jalen Hurts off the field. And he comes from Tennessee, which was another. There aren't many of them, but we're talking about them all today with Cleveland, Philadelphia, and now Tennessee. Uh, run first. Um, 
And so he's kind of used to being in an offense that maybe he's not going to get as many targets as he should. And then you couple that with the relationship with Jalen Hurts. I don't think he's going to be a problem. But I think people forget towards the end of last season, not not overtly, not in public, but on the field, you could see some frustration from Devontae Smith when he wasn't getting the football. Um, and he thought he should have been getting the football. You remember the Giants game where he showed some um, obvious frustration. Um, just something to throw out there. But I, I think those yeah. three guys are just good guys, good players. They're not going to complain. Right. If you're winning games. I mean, that's everything. You got to win mean, games. If they're winning games, they're going to be fine. If they're not winning games, then I think you start to see some frustration bubbling up. But with, with Devontae Smith's ability to run routes, and that's what everybody talks about. Oh, he's a tremendous yeah. route runner. Yeah. And, and Dallas Goddard was had a great quote yesterday about him. He said, you know, the way he gives that shimmy at the line to get open, it's like you're guarding Casper the ghost because all of a sudden you can't see him anymore. Um, and that's kind of what you get with Smith. And he's open. I mean, they ran three straight yeah. slant plays to Smith uh, in one team part of practice, and he, he caught all three. And on the third one – there was such a wide separation from him and the linebacker that he just caught it and started turning. You know, he ran up the center of the field. I mean, he was, yeah. he would have turned that into a huge game. <laughs> and that's another thing that's great about AJ Brown because as much as Nick Sirianni would talk about, it, and everybody moves around, everybody plays X, Z, slot. They got a real X receiver now that can stand on the line of scrimmage and you can't press because he's going to beat you physically. And we saw it earlier in camp with James Bradbury and Devontae Smith. There aren't a lot of guys, but if you get guys like Bradbury who can get their hands on Devontae Smith, well, now you can play him at Z where he's off the line of scrimmage so you can't press him. It just yeah. makes the Eagles better. The A.J. Yeah. Brown, that domino makes the Eagles offense so much better, just his presence. If, if I had to pick one of those receivers to go over 1,000 yards this year, I would pick Smith over Brown. Ooh. Uh, hope you're right, Eddie K. All right, since the Browns showed that they were going to run the football as much as they did yesterday and will probably do so during the year as well, in comparison, the Eagle pro game running game probably didn't look as good as the Browns. But of the Eagle running backs, without Miles Sanders being in the mix, who looked the best yesterday? Of the Eagles running backs, probably Boston Scott. Um you know, and he, he didn't get a lot of play time because he's coming back from that concussion. They worked him in slowly. But, you know, he still has that quickness, in my opinion, uh, to make him dangerous. And, and Kenny Gainwell, I mean, Kenny Gainwell actually caught a couple nice passes yesterday. I mean, we've seen him struggle, you know, catching passes. You know, maybe focus has been an issue with him and it was some of these uh, drops he had in camp. But he caught two decent passes yesterday for small gains. They weren't coming out of the backfield or those quick swing passes. They were, you know, out in the flat. You know, one was on an out route. Uh, they lined them up on the outside. So, uh, you know, Gainwell's still going to get his fair share of reps. Um, Sanders, you know, it'd be nice to see him out there. But, you know, he's got the hamstring injury. I don't think he'll practice today or he probably won't even play on Sunday. Um, but then hopefully he can get back and, and be ready to go for Miami. But, um, yeah, I, I would say Scott probably looked at the quickest, uh, you know, when they handed the ball off. Um, but they, they had some tough time running the ball yesterday. They, they didn't really do it a whole lot. 
to be honest. They were they were pretty much, you know, an aerial attack on day one here in Cleveland. So, you know, we'll see if they try to maybe run it a little bit more today. We'll see if the Eagles defense can kind of button up a little bit against the run, against this Browns running attack. You know, Fletcher Cox said after the practice that, you know, they did some things that we don't see that much, and they have a very unique way of running the ball and the, and the pace to it. Uh, but they were going to watch the tape and see if they can figure out a way to get better at stopping that run. So um, it would be nice to see the Eagles run more. I mean, we, they led the league in, in rushing yeah. last year, like yeah. we talked about, and they and they just yeah. don't practice it. They, they want to yeah, throw it's, it's a It's a little bit bizarre. But maybe yeah, it's it, like it, a it's, pitcher in spring training working on what they need to work on. Yeah. Um, I, let's talk about the defense. So I know they were on the far field. Was interesting before practice. Jonathan Gannon spoke, and he kind of went down the safety position in pretty in depth, at least as much in depth as JG is going to give you in public. Um, and and if you rewind to Tuesday at the last practice here in in South Philadelphia, that's the practice that Marcus Epps missed, uh, and thankfully he was back. But it didn't look it looked like they didn't know what to do. They were rolling in Josiah Scott and Reed Blankenship and Kayvon Wallace. What is going on with that safety position? Could you get a kind of feel for what J.G. Rick, because he's, you know, in public, he's like, oh, everybody's great, this, that, that. But it certainly seems like the Eagles don't know what they have. And he kind of contradicted himself with Jaquaski Tart. He said he's got a role, but he's got to show up these next two weeks. Well, which one is it? Does he have a role or is he fighting for his life on this team? Well, he has a role for the next two weeks. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Beyond that, all bets are off. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a position that the Eagles just really haven't done much to address. You know, they lost Rodney McLeod from back there. You know, he was a good player and they just haven't. I mean, Anthony Harris is to me an average safety. Um, but it, it, I I think they need help there. I, and, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see how he try to maybe make a trade. And, I, you know, Jalen Rager, to me, I, I'm starting to wonder if he's going to be around by the time August oh, ends. Oh, yeah, we got to get to Jalen. So we'll yeah, get to that I, after the safeties. Yeah, I think he could be kind of in play here for maybe a trade of a, for a safety. I don't know what kind of safety he's going to bring back. I've seen some people on Twitter say the Chuck Clark, I think his Chuck name Clark, is. Baby. Not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, but Jody, yeah. I'll say this to Jody real quick. What do I always say, Jody? These guys aren't under oath when they say, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to play three safeties. Man, they aren't under oath when they say these things. I, I will say he Gannon really showed a lot of love for Reed Blankenship, and, you know, that kind of matches up what we've seen from him in camp. You know, he's playing pretty well, and he – Played a heck of a lot of snaps against the uh, JETS there, Jody's JETS last week, and you know he didn't do anything really to leading say, tackler, hey. baby, the yeah. Alex Singleton of, yeah. of this I mean, Eagles defense. And and Gannon said he's really not a post safety, he's really not a box safety because he can <clears> do both. So, you know, he's a guy that you know could be working his way into some playing time uh, once the season starts. Is First, it a little scary class. that we're talking about Marcus Epps like he's Ronnie Lott and then Reed Blankenship like he's going to have a role? I mean, that's yeah. starting to scare me. Yeah. Start- and I like Epsy, but, I mean, people are all of a sudden defaulting to Marcus Epps like he's this proven player. Yeah. No, he's just the best the Eagles have. Yeah, and it was encouraging to see him back. You know, that back injury, you're thinking, okay, you know, backs are pretty – 
you know, pretty fickle injury to have. You don't know how they're going to respond to treatment, this and that. But, you know, he was bouncing around pretty good yesterday. He was out there on the field, and that, that's encouraging. But I, I still think they need more at that spot. And it's their fault, right? They, there have yeah. been some safeties that have come in through the draft these last couple of years that, you know, they, they haven't drafted. I mean, Kayvon Wallace they took, and he, you know, he's, he's not really the answer, I hate to say, but it's their own fault. There have been talented safeties that have come in this league the first two days of the draft, and they just haven't taken one. So now they're scrambling uh, to try to mix and match at that position and probably going to try to trade for one. Well, they could have taken the best safety in the draft this past year and chose to instead take the unicorn on the defensive line. So <laughs> you can only do so much with your draft yeah. picks. Uh, right. So I'm not going to fault yeah. the Eagles for that. But I will say this, um, as much as uh, Marcus Epps hasn't been a full-time starter yet in the league, is the best Eagles starter right now. We can have our opinion on it, John, myself, you, all the Eagle Nation. The most important opinion is the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. And I think the coaching staff is going to give Marcus Epps the green dot. The guy who gets the dot on his helmet gets, gets the plays called in. Edwards makes sense, but here's the, the, the issue there. I think the three linebackers are going to rotate. I think they're going to get all three guys on the field, and you want your guy with the green dot to be on the field 85 90% of the time. Out of the guys on the Eagles' defense, if you're not talking about one of the two corners, and the corners almost never get the dot, who's going to be on the field most often? It's Marcus Epps. So he's going to be the guy who's going to be the signal caller on their defense this year. And whether he started for them or not, whether he's taken a meteoric leap by being the best safety on the Eagles right now, I think he's going to be their defensive leader. Agree or disagree? Damn, Jody, that's good. I mean, that that's that's story worthy, in my opinion. Because <laughs> you know, Except it, I think it's going to be T.J. Edwards. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm uh, telling you, it's going to be Epps. You think I, I, you I, think Edwards is going to play 95 percent of the snaps? No, but he's getting a green dot. J.G. kind of has already intimated that. Yeah, uh, but you know, J.G. also said yesterday that you know he's going to play whatever linebackers give them a best chance to win week in and week out. Yeah, if he gets benched, then it's then it's probably Nicobe Dean though. So, but it seemed uh, to open the door Dean, to. Who had the green dot last year? T.J. Edwards. It was T.J. Uh, Edwards. At the it top, was T.J. Right? Yeah, at yeah. the end of the season. Yeah. And, now and, early know, it was. I don't. I don't know if it was Eric Wilson or who, who they start at the beginning. Was Eric Wilson and who else? Uh, it wasn't Alex, was it? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Alex. Eric Wilson for sure. Yeah, it was uh, Eric, Eric Wilson? Scary enough had the green dot early in the season. How yeah. how frightening is that? <laughs> <laughs> I like how frightening is that? Thing, though it's a good, it's a good thing to ponder. Uh, you know, because that that's a good point. It could it could be Epps. You know, if you're looking for, you know, somebody outside the box, everybody assumes it's going to be a Just linebacker. Because he's not I mean, coming yeah. off the field. Yeah, he, I think he's going to play right. every snap. Yeah, Just but that that season. that's why it that typically you'd prefer to have a three down linebacker who doesn't leave the field. But that's why JG said. You want him out there for 80. The green dot, you want him out there for 80%. I think that was the uh, number he used. He, yeah. He's going to he's gonna give it to a linebacker. And it's either going to be TJ or if TJ loses the job at some point during the season, which I don't think he will, then it'll be N'Kobe Dean. So that 
That Ooh, is that's a lot for a rookie. That's a lot to ask for. Yeah, but they think he's really, you know, he's three five five, mechanical engineer, really smart. And 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 by the way, I'm saying that would happen, you know, more towards the second half of the season if TJ Edwards falters. So there's a lot of ifs there. One, I don't think TJ's going to falter because I I think he's one of their best players. Um, and two, Kobe's really smart, and they think he can handle it. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, he's going to go linebacker. He always goes linebacker. That's, yeah. that's, and, more then, the, and then the Eagles are going to have to pay TJ. If he doesn't falter and has the kind of year you think, John, then they're, they're going to have to pay him. You know? Yeah. That's going to be an interesting conversation. Yeah, talks about Hertz. Is he going to get the new deal? But yeah. they have other guys on. Yeah. They have other guys. And, yeah. and, and now before they get to that though, they have to make decisions on Jalen Rager. And they have to make decisions on Andre Dillard. Although the latter, I don't. I think Andre's going to be here, but there's a possibility if somebody blows the doors down and you know they offer a second day pick, they could move him as well. But more Jalen Rager, you're feeling how he's you know he's been pretty pretty concrete that he wants something significant to, for Jalen Rager. Is he going to come off that? Is he going to say at the very end, well, let's do the best we can and let's do a, a change of scenery deal? He, he very well might, you know, if this safety position continues. I mean, yeah, they might try to get themselves another safety with Jalen Rager. And, and I don't know who, like, you know, Jody says no Chuck Clark. And, you know, it's going to take more than that to get Jesse Bates out of Cincinnati. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. one, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure where they would turn with that, but. Yeah, I think I think Jalen Rager's, you know, I think he's. I just, you know, hearing some rumblings that this could be, you know, he may not be here by the end of the month, and that doesn't mean he's going to get released because that. No, that I don't. I don't think he's getting released. Going to be a trade. So yeah. All um, right. Yeah. I'm in, I'm intrigued. Ed Kratz is going down the road of Eagles trade failed wide receiver for safety <laughs> uh, for the second time in a month. We already we already saw that with JJ Arcega Whiteside with Hugo coming here. Who's going to be the next one coming in? Uh, I'm not sure the Eagles are going It could even be a running back. I mean, you know, they could even look. Yeah, or a tight end, backup tight end, throw that in there as well. Yeah, there there are some spots that they could use some upgrades in, not just safety. Um, So, yeah, I think keep that in mind. And Dillard, you know, I don't think he's going anywhere because who's going to be the backup left tackle? if something were to happen to Jordan Milata, you know, you have 17 game seasons now and that extra week, you know, you really got to start thinking about, you know, who your backups are. Are you good enough at backup? Cause it's hard for a player to get through all 17 games. It's, it's a grind. And who's your backup left tackle. I mean, Toth is still on the pup list. Um, do you really have confidence that he can yeah, step what's, if, if you know, Eddie, what's the deal with him? Is he, he, is He's he still is he not really even uh, part of the mix here this year? What is his physical status, Todd? Yeah, it, well, I mean, I he could be active by the end of, of training camp. I mean, he's out there. He's doing stuff. Not not practicing, but he's out there. You yeah, know, he's always he's, out there. Yeah, he's always. I active. mean, he tore his ACL week eighteen, same as Tyree Jackson. Both yeah. same injury, week eighteen. So nine months from early January is early September and they would be in theory cleared right at the beginning of the regular season. So maybe you keep them on pop and give them an extra month or 
Yeah, I um, think that's probably the plan for both those guys. I yeah. think they're both going to – and so you can't count on Toth. Can't count on Tyree either. I mean, he's out there. He was the first guy on the field yesterday. He yeah, was out Tyree looks great, but, you know, you, you got to let that thing heal. That's what all the doctors say. So a lot of times you look – I remember Landon Dickerson doing the – remember the cartwheel or whatever he did, the jump uh, when he was back in college, and everybody's like, look at how great he is off a torn ACL. But you got to let that thing heal, yeah. Um, and that's the issue. So you need that nine month time frame. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think that's why I don't think Dillard's going anywhere. Toast don't. I don't think we'll be ready, Jody. So you you have to keep that depth intact. And listen, there's, always, there's always the trade deadline, right? That yeah. You know, maybe we look to move him then if Toast's healthy and you you feel confident enough that yeah he can be our backup behind Jordan Malata. Um, because I don't think LaRaven Clark, he was back at practice yesterday, LaRaven Clark. Uh, he had the hamstring issue. Um, you know who hasn't practiced? I don't know what they're going to do with Grant Calcaterra, man. This guy has July 30th after the hamstring injury. And, you know, is he, I mean, he's a rookie. Is he going to be put on IR? Is he going to be, you know, put try to get him to the practice squad because he really hasn't shown much? I mean, it's that's another thing to keep an eye on is what happens to Calcaterra. And, when he does return, that's really going to impact the tight end room. You know, Jack Stoll, Noah Tungiai, who, who are you going to keep? Uh, you know, yeah. I think they would go with Stoll. And maybe Noah Tungiai gets released again and picked up by somebody else. So, um, Calcaterra is kind of the monkey wrench in the whole thing, too. All right, Eddie, let's finish it here with a prediction from you. If we set the over-under at an hour and 40 minutes, because that's what they went yesterday, will today's second joint practice be over or under hour and 40 minutes. I was surprised when that, when practice ended that I thought they'd go two hours. So I'm going over. I think they Ooh, go. Bold. That's bold. Um, you know, going into kind of the off day Saturday before they play on Sunday. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take the over and yes, yes. Go a little bit longer. See, and I think I'm going to, I'm going to go under just to be the contrarian Ed Kratz at, at Kratz E. SI.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. Read Ed's uh, daily coverage from out in beautiful Berea, Ohio. I'll say this to you, Ed, as you leave, and good luck at practice today. The Eagles will never see a better second-team quarterback. So pay attention to the Kayvon Wallaces of the world because, you know, if they can show something against that second-team quarterback, maybe, maybe they start opening some eyes. So Mac McCain, you said, was good. Let's get some Mac McCain some love. Mac, yeah. Mac, and Mac show. Watson hit some stuff over top of those safeties yesterday that's a concern. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like John yeah. said, he can play a little bit. Yeah. He's only got uh, 229 more million guaranteed dollars coming his way because yeah. he lost yet less than a million dollars by right. being suspended yeah. for 11 games yesterday. So, yeah, they've kind of invested in him, Cleveland has, and yeah. uh, he, he might test some of the Eagle backup DBs out there yes. today uh enjoy your two hours since you're willing to work at ed kratz and you go with the over maybe two hours and 10 minutes they'll really make you work uh we made you work thanks for doing that for us today here on birds 365 my pleasure guys have a good weekend thanks ed eddie special k here with us on birds 365 all right mac and mac guys coming back we'll get a little bit of a cleveland perspective more of a deshaun watson perspective than anything else because daryl Ryder, who Covers the Browns for 92.3. Uh, the fan in Cleveland was there yesterday, but 
the most important thing for Browns reporters were finding out all the details on Deshaun Watson, more so than the joint practice with the Eagles. We'll see if we get something out of Daryl. He's going to join us coming up in about 20 minutes here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You... Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yeah, okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Mega Mac guys, John McMullen and Jordan McConnell here with you on Bird 365. Thank Eddie Cratch for jumping in live from Berea, Ohio, where he was in attendance. Middleburg Heights right now. Middleburg Heights, Ohio. Off to Berea. 
you know, I've only been to Cleveland like twice in my life. So I don't know the town all that well. Don't know the ins, the outs, the neighborhoods, yeah. the suburbs and the like. Uh, it, I got no bloody idea where Middlebury Heights is. I don't it's know where right Bray by, is. Uh, it, it, yeah. Unfortunately, I've been there too much. Uh, it's right near the airport. That's why. It's one of those things. It's always interesting. Like, like when you go to Las Vegas, for instance, you know, you're not in Las Vegas. You're in Paradise, uh, uh, Nevada. It's always in. And then by the airport in, in, in Detroit, it's Romulus. It's Romulus. Yeah, see, that I've heard of. Um, it, it's always interesting. Yeah, but Middleburg Heights is right near the airport. Uh, I thought it was Cleveland, but it's Middleburg Heights, Cleveland Heights. But anyway, yeah, a lot of useless knowledge, Jody. Uh, yeah, I don't have it for Cleveland. I've only been there a couple of times. Don't know uh, the lay of the land, so to speak. Um do want to ask you about this Eagles on the defensive line. Yesterday we had some fun uh, kind of doing the preview stuff of the 53 man roster. Now we've got a couple of weeks before they've got to cut down. Uh, we've got another joint practice and an exhibition game against the Browns, two joint practices and then an exhibition game between the dolphins before they really have to get to work and get down to 53. Um, at least on a couple of the reports that I saw, Marlon T looked good yesterday, played well. And he was a guy that I thought sat directly on the bubble for the Eagles this year. Yeah. yeah. How many defensive tackles are they going to keep? You know, that Jordan Davis is taking one of the spots that the guys had last year. Uh, and Milton Williams is a guy that I think they want to work into the mix. And Marlon T seemed like a guy who might be on the outside looking in, but he had a good day yesterday. How many spots can they dedicate to defensive tackle with their 53-man job? Well, I think one of the positives is they consider somebody like Milton and Brandon Graham as well as a guy who can move inside and outside. So you have some versatility, but they're really deep on the defensive line. They talk about Marvin Wilson a lot, too. Um, Big Marv, but, right? That's yeah. his name, his nickname? Uh, Marlon... Uh, yeah, at the beginning of camp, I don't know anybody who thought Marlon was going to make this team, and now everybody thinks he's going to make this team. He's had a really good uh, summer. Um, and, yeah, they have, they have tremendous depth on the defensive line. That's why I think at the initial 53, and I always call it the initial 53 because there's a lot of movement after you get to that 53. Correct. I think it's going to be very heavy on the defensive line. Very heavy on the offensive line for obvious reasons. That's their strength and their strengths. And they they don't have strengths at other positions. So they don't have a third-team quarterback. Reed Sennett is, you know, doesn't deserve to make this team. Carson Strong doesn't deserve to make this team. And he can get either of them to the practice squad. Nobody's picking them up. Um, running back, you know, they they only have three right now unless they make a trade for Kareem Hunt. So Jason Huntley, not going to make this team. Uh, Kennedy Brooks, not going to make this team. You can get him to the practice squad if you need him. Um, and they can go light on a, a, at that initial cut and, and, and then sort of do the maneuvering when it's a little bit easier if you make trades or, or do something of that nature. But defensive line, offensive line, very, very deep. And they may have been, you know, as we talk about receiver, Jody, 
and it might may keep five receivers. You know, we're saying who's going to be the sixth receiver? Who's going to be the sixth receiver? Well, if you need the spot for Marlin and it's Greg Ward or Marlin and Greg's not going to play and you got the younger guy who might develop down the road, these are the the decisions you sort of have to juggle with. Right, and that'll uh, test your mettle when you stand in your Eagles 53-man roster for the contest this year. Uh, I think they've got a debatable roster. And we've got still two weeks to go, as I just uh, pointed out. And, yeah, I do think there's a recency bias when you're putting together a roster. And this isn't a critique or criticism of Howie Roseman. It's 32 out of 32 teams in the National Football League. Uh, they've had these guys, some of them for years, certainly all of them for the entire camp. People seem to remember what they saw last. And if yeah. any of these yeah. guys really flash in these joint practices in the uh, the, the short uh, time they'll have to play in the preseason game, it could be the difference between making a team and not making a team. Well, to me, the guys. most maybe the most interesting conversation, we kind of touched on it with Ed, is Calcaterra. Like, what do you do with Calcaterra? He can't get on the field. He looked great when he was on the field, which was like a practice and a half or two. I don't even remember. It's been so long. Um, well, I'll make a – sorry to interrupt, John. I'll make a Calcaterra prediction right now. You're not going to see him. He is not going to play. He's not going to play in the joint practices. He's not going to play in either of the two games, and the Eagles are going to cut him in there. They're going to try and get him through to the practice squad. I don't think they want to play him because if they do, he could flash and somebody might actually claim him. If he misses basically the entire preseason, how many practices did he get in before he got hurt? Uh, Yeah, two maybe. Two 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 practices. And And I know he's a sixth-round pick, so everybody passed on him a bunch of times. Maybe somebody had him in the sixth round and they've got tight end issues. You need to do your research and all that, but – I, I think they're going to completely take a pass on Calcaterra and believe that no one will claim him if he doesn't practice for the last month and change going up to the regular season and that they'll get him through and be able to put him on the practice squad. It's possible, but that, that what complicates things for me is they need a backup tight end, right? And if they think he can play, and they seem to think he could play, um, they need a backup tight end. And, and, and you also have the, and, and again, you have this, and, and to a, a much lesser extent, you have the same thing with the Kobe Dean. You have this constant narrative with Grant Calcaterra that he's not really a six round pick. Well, he is. He got trapped in the sixth round, but he's a, you know, day two talent. If he didn't have the concussion issues and he played at Oklahoma and he's great at Oklahoma and this and that. It, it, you have all these uh, – the biggest one, the far biggest one, is they need a tight end. They need an actual tight end. So if they believe this nonsense, uh, <laughs> I'd call it – you know, he is what he is. He's a six-round pick. Um, if, but if they believe it, that he's better than a six-round pick, and they seemed to be counting on that early in camp, they might say, you know what? That's why I've been saying it for weeks. It's Noah Tungia is interesting to me. Because they've already cut him. You know what they you know they think he's limited from a ceiling. But from a meritocracy standpoint, he should make this team. Now, unless he craps the bed over the next three practices, and that could happen. Um, it's not over. But right now, as we speak today, if today was the cutdown day, 
and it was a pure meritocracy, he would make this team. But it's not a pure meritocracy. You're you're looking at the future. You're looking at what you evaluate the players are. And they seem to have evaluated Grant Calcaterra very highly. Um, and they need, I go back to that, that's the foundation of it all. They need a stinking backup tight end, period. Here's, here's why I, I wouldn't sweat that, John. Let's say it's close that he's days away from being able to play. And they go down the uh, route of, well, we're going to give him extra time. We want to be precautionary with him. But they know they could get him out there. But they want to be able to get him through to the practice. They need a backup tight end for week one against the Lions. Yeah. Nah, uh, you, you just uh, run your backup tight end out there. You're blocking tight end out there. You're going to roll the Lions anyway. And then you get another full week of practice. Once you get through um, the, the, the the preseason action, no one else is getting tape on him. You've got your eyes. You've got your own coaches that are watching him in practice going, yeah, he's as good as we thought. We got to steal in the sixth round. He's going to be our – eventually, you're going to be our backup tight end. Week two, week three, week four. At some point, you're going to be able to elevate him from the practice squad. But you just have to get him through to the practice squad. That's why I'm telling you. I don't think you're going to see him in this preseason. I think the Eagles have a a plan to keep Calcaterra and not have to sweat putting him through waivers for other teams. It's possible. And you're, you're right about the, you know, you can make the move in week two, week three, week four, whatever. Um, And that's another position we just talked about with the heavy emphasis on defensive line, offensive line. Maybe they only keep two tight ends, you know, at the start, at the initial 53, Maybe they only keep Goddard and Stoll because they need an extra spot for defensive linemen or or some other position. So you can throw that uh, that part of it into the mix as well. Yeah, there's you know, they want they want to find spots for people like Marlon Tui Peloto and Patrick Johnson. And, you know, to me it's you know. Conrad Johnson would probably be in the same category as Grant Calcaterra, like probably doesn't deserve to make this team from that meritocracy standpoint, but how bad do you want to keep him? Do you think you can get him through waivers? So that's the things you got to sort of balance. All right. And uh, I did want to bring this up because it's just ironic that we touched on it yesterday uh, when we had uh, uh, Moshan. The athletic guys, Berman uh, and Wolf, uh, did 33 points that they saw yesterday. And it's a, a really good comprehensive look at the practice that the Browns and the Eagles had. And one of the things they noted was that, yeah, Jaquaski, not Jaquiski, Jaquaski Tart got beat on one play. Uh, we're down our Jaquaski, the president of the Jaquaski Tart fan club on our stream today. He hasn't popped up today, so shockingly so. Um, and they went down the road of is Jaquaski Tart this year's Patrick Robinson of the Super Bowl team 2017, yeah. who was just god awful in preseason, was getting burnt left and right, and was actually worried yeah. he was going to get cut from the team, and then ends, ends up uh, once the season gets underway playing well and as big a contributor as he was in the playoffs to the Eagles actually winning the Super Bowl. Do we have a repeat situation here with Mr. Tart, 
Mr. McMullen. Uh, you know, yeah, I brought that up with Moshe yesterday. Patrick yes. Robinson was great. And, um, and, the, and the athletic guys referenced it in their article today. I said, no. Uh, smart Eagle beat reporters on the same exact wavelength. Yeah. But here's where I differ a little bit. Patrick Robinson changed positions, essentially. He went from outside corner where he's getting beaten like a drum, and then he moved him inside to slot. Yeah, where's Jaquanski changing position? He's getting beaten like a drum, and he's got he can't change his position. So that part I differ on a little bit. And but it was interesting because Gannon said he's got a role, and but you know, this two weeks is important for him. He completely contradicted himself. Usually Nick Sirianni will do that in the same press conference, but it'll be question one and question eight. He completely contradicted himself from one sentence to the next. Within one within yeah. one question. Yeah. Uh with Chikwaski Tart. So I mean, he just he isn't getting the reps to indicate that they think he's going to be a part of this. Now, are they why would you hide a veteran player? I, you know, no. I it it doesn't make any sense to me. So all I can do is report on what I've seen and things don't look good for Jaquaski Tart right now. It does not uh, look for, good for Tart and uh, the Eagles do have some safety questions to answer. Second practice today, and we're going to get down right up here in just a second. Give us a Cleveland perspective. He'll be able to watch the practice today because he doesn't <laughs> have to worry about Deshaun Watson being suspended, the, a change to Deshaun Watson's suspension. How do you think the safety reps are going to go today? Um. Well, you know, Marcus Any and Anthony are uh, out there. No, I think he's rotating pretty much Scott and Blankenship. And uh, there was a little bit of Kayvon. But, boy, right now it looks like Josiah Scott. You know, they picked up Ugi Amadi, uh, as you mentioned, Jody. But I don't think he's a safety. I think, you know, he's a slot corner special teams guy. Uh, I think they see him the, the same way Seattle saw him. Um so I don't think he's going to be involved in the mix. Maybe it's they want to figure out what they have in Reed Blankenship, if he can really be an NFL player, and then sort of, if he can't, then default to Joukowsky Tart as sort of that fail-safe, because you know he can at least play at a certain level. Um, maybe that's the plan. Um, but they're they got issues and I don't even talk about Kayvon Wallace anymore. Cause why talk about Kayvon Wallace? All right. Uh, I will ask you this question here. We'll get a timeout in and hopefully uh, Dell Ryder from 92.3, the fan in Cleveland will join us. Uh, I'll ask you today. I'll ask you again on Monday. I'll probably ask you every other day for the next couple of weeks and feel free to change your mind at any time. This is not a, you must lock in the answer. This is a today answer the undrafted free agent who has the best chance to make the Philadelphia Eagles right now is it's neck and neck between who we just talked about Reed Blankenship and Josh Job, the corner out of Alabama neck and neck who has sort of risen above the Mac McCain's and the Kerry Vincent's and the Tay Gowans of the world. So I would say it is, Neck and neck for both those guys, and maybe they both make the team. Ooh, How about that? You, 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 you predict, and I agree. 
that uh, there's going to be at least one. General managers always like to have that one yeah. guy that they can. Look who I point. found. Yeah, Look we found, found this Jody. guy. Yeah. Diamond Mind, we came yeah. up with this. Uh, yeah, I'll give you your chance to change that one right up until cut day, Johnny Mac. Not going to tie into that one at all. You can, because yeah. it's specifically at that position and that spot on a roster. Oh, one practice can make the difference. Oh, yeah. One good practice one can be the difference. One bad preseason game. Because Josh Job was, you know, he was probably in the lead and he was taking second team reps in practice. And it was clear that he had moved ahead of guys, but then he didn't play that well against the Jets, to be honest. Um, so he can still come back. Um, yeah. But right now, I would say he and Reed are the leaders in the clubhouse. And Carson Strong, he got evicted. Yeah, he's uh, on, on the street, as they mm-hmm. say. All right, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, you're Mac and Mac Bird, 365 guys. Open to be able to punch up Dell Ryder. He is the Browns reporter for 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. Certainly can give us all the background and details to the Deshaun Watson situation and suspension yesterday and how he handled it. The Browns are going to handle it going forward. Um, we'll, we'll punch him up if he logs on in. You've got another 40 minutes to go on this Football Friday edition of Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yeah, okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears.
Mac and Mac here with you on Birch 365. McMullen and McDonald joined by Dell Ryder from Cleveland. He covers the Browns for 92.3 The Fan out there in Cleveland. And I appreciate you coming on board with us. As I told our fans at the top of the show, we, we thought we'd be able to go in-depth on every single aspect of the practice <laughs> yesterday between the Eagles and the Browns. And then I checked her Twitter and she said, well, I'm not completely comfortable talking about the practice because uh, I was kind of busy doing other things like the Sean Watson. So we'll certainly start there. Did you have any inkling prior to yesterday that the uh, settlement was close between the two parties? Did you, you know that that was a possibility going into yesterday that it was going to become the topic in Cleveland? Well, this was the third red alert that we had gotten concerning a potential Deshaun Watson uh, resolution since it began the appeals process. The, the first two, nothing ended up happening. Uh, but this week, you just you really felt like there was a lot of momentum that they were getting closer and closer uh, to a settlement. And it was pretty clear that if Deshaun Watson was actually going to play this year, they were going to have to settle. The, the NFL wanted the hammer dropped on him. They did not want him to play. Uh, this season. That's why they appealed the six game suspension that was uh, handed down by Sue L. Robinson uh, within that 16 page scathing report uh, concerning Deshaun Watson's alleged behavior. Keyword is alleged. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you got the sense something was going to uh, break through at some point this week. And uh, I think everyone was rooting for it to happen on Wednesday because that was an off day for the Browns and the Eagles were making yeah. the Cleveland. But um, yeah, uh, as is the case when it comes to Browns football, the news off the field always trumps the product. Yeah. The field. Yeah. It's tough to get bigger than that, Daryl. <laughs> I felt for you guys yesterday. I was looking at all the Cleveland writers and I'm like, oof, that is going to be a tough day for you guys. But uh at, from a football, just from a football perspective, because we know all, all the off the field issues and and certainly the criticisms. Um, eleven games for the for the Cleveland Browns. I, I look at it this way. If if Cleveland keeps their head above water and, and they're in the playoff race um, at some point, does that make it a little bit worse, a little bit more difficult for Kevin Stefanski? Because by that point, and we're talking November and Houston, which the NFL should have vetted the schedule a little bit better, but that's a different conversation. Um, it, he have, he will not have played an NFL game for a real NFL game for basically two years. There's going to be some rust, right? It, it, it's almost an untenable circumstance for all signs. Uh, you know, he's better than Jacoby Brissett. We all know that. Even if J Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, we all know he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. How difficult does that make it for Kevin Stefanski? Is this fair to Kevin Stefanski, this whole situation? Well, uh, hey, he signed up to be an employee of the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> get into whether or not it's fair or not. Uh, we know the the Browns' history when it comes to their head coaches. You yeah. work a couple of years and you get uh, <laughs> the other half of your contract in severance. That's just the way it is. <laughs> He's already on year three. Yeah, He's got a Kevin's, good run Kevin, going. Yeah, Kevin's, Kevin's, uh, yeah. Browns have a great severance package from what I understand. <laughs> no, nobody pays people better not to work for them yeah. like Cleveland oh, Browns do. Um, but as far as from a football standpoint, it's, it, obviously it's difficult. Look, 
I mean, you saw the rust in Jacksonville, those three offensive series. But in fairness to Deshaun, he also didn't get a lot of help in Jacksonville in those series. You had a couple of drop passes. Oh, yeah. Lost the starting center on the second play of the game. Uh, you know, the fumble on the second possession. So, yeah, Deshaun looked a little rusty, but did he really look rusty when you look at the, the lack of help that he got from his teammates? But, you know, I, I said this on my station this morning that I do think people in Cleveland and just football fans in general, because we're speaking from a pure football perspective here uh, and setting the, the, the off-the-field situation aside, I think people need to temper their expectations. He's not played in a game yeah. since January 2021. 20, uh, um, and to expect that he's going to be the guy that's going to come in in week 13 and save the season over the final six weeks, and the Browns are going to go 6-0, and and they're going to make the playoffs, and everything, you know, they're going to make a big playoff run. I just – I like to live in this little world I call reality, and that's not reality. Um, there are going to be some growing pains. Now, the expectation is that at some point Deshaun Watson is going to return to that MVP caliber level of play that we saw in 2020 in Houston when he went on to lead uh, the NFL in passing. Very successful personally, but the Houston Texans were – not really a good football team, which is why he wasn't very much in the conversation for uh, the MVP. But, you know, the Browns, I, I can't remember the last time they had a starting quarterback throw for 4,000 yards in the season. It it's been a long time. Um, he should arguably be the best quarterback the Browns have had since Otto Graham. Uh, and that's with due respect to Brian Sype, who won an MVP with yeah. the Browns. Uh, that's with due respect to Bernie Kosar, who took the Browns to three AFC championship games. That's part of the reason why the Browns took the chance that they took and are willing to put up with all of this negative publicity that they've received as a result of the allegations that were made against uh, Deshaun Watson. All right. So I'm going to ask you to look into your Browns crystal ball a little bit here. The process began yesterday with the practice after Deshaun faced the media and the announcement was made. He was the backup quarterback running with the twos. Assuming that's going to be the case going forward, how do you balance getting Jacoby Brissett the work he needs in with the ones to be able to have that decent record so that by the time you get to week 13, you can make a little bit of a playoff run? How is Stefanski going to balance the quarterback workload? First, uh, certainly we know once the season starts, it's all Jacoby. But from now up until that first week and even in practice to make sure both quarterbacks are capable of winning games for the Cleveland Browns this year. Well, the decision's been made for him. There, there is no decision for Kevin Stefanski to make. His charge mm -hmm. now is to get Jacoby Brissett ready for week one in Carolina against who we all presume will be Baker Mayfield and the Panthers. So uh, it is Jacoby Brissett with the ones. They began that transition this week. And that's the way it's going to be from here on out. He will work with the first team offense. You'll see Deshaun Watson less and less in practice. And that's by design because they also have to get the backup quarterback, whether that's going to be Josh Rosen or Josh Dobbs. I think it's going to be Dobbs over Rosen, but you never know how these things kind of shake out. But you also have to get your backup quarterback some reps so that, God forbid, something happens to Jacoby Brissett in those 11 games that you have somebody ready and capable to step in. So Deshaun Watson's workload is basically going to vanish over the next couple of weeks. He's uh, allowed to participate uh, up until the, uh, the initial 53 man roster cut down uh, on August 30th at 4 PM Eastern. Uh, 
then he is not allowed to return to the facility until October 10th. He's eligible for reinstatement on November 28th for that, again, that game in Houston, the first weekend uh, of December. But that's how Kevin Stefanski has to go about this. Now, Jacoby Brissett and the starters are not playing Sunday uh, in the preseason game. My understanding is that the Eagles are doing the same thing because they're getting their work in, and quite frankly, I think they're getting better work in in this practice because you can work on red zone, you can work on goal line or working out of your own end zone, do special teams periods. Like you're not at the mercy of the flow of an NFL preseason game to accomplish what you want to accomplish. So that's why this is basically going to be like the old fourth preseason game that we all dreaded covering. Yeah. Right? Because we still, it, yeah, we're still going to dread it though. <laughs> it was just the back end of the roster playing yeah. and, and fighting for those, uh, those key roster spots. But yeah, uh, the decision has been made. Um, they're going to get Jacoby Brissett ready. They already began that process. And, um, you know, D- Deshaun Watson get, kind of gets phased out. He'll have to work on his own on the side. And, and of course, when he's away from the team and, and the facility, he'll have to keep himself football ready. All right. I apologize in advance for this one, Daryl. But we are in Philadelphia. So I want you to rewind uh, towards to the Browns and, and, and their – um, ability to get Deshaun Watson in. The Eagles were one of those teams that were interested in Deshaun Watson, but he wouldn't consider them. And I saw Jannard, uh, um, his quarterback coach, uh, uh, Quincy Avery, was out in Cleveland yesterday. Yes, he was. Yeah. Also, Deshaun Watson's uh, quarterback coach at times, Josh Dobbs as well. They all took a, a, a photo together. That was one of the um, processes for Deshaun not considering Philadelphia because he and Jalen Hurts are so close. Can you take us back to Cleveland's sort of last minute run to get Deshaun Watson because they were out of it, right? They were out of it, and all of a sudden they come back to the table with the first five-year fully guaranteed deal in NFL history. Is that the bottom line? Is that just why? Because they want somewhere where no one else would go for Deshaun Watson? Well, you know the saying, money talks and everything else walks, right? And, that, and that's ultimately, I think, what it came down to. And then also through let's, uh, the Baker Mayfield situation was kind of hovering. Uh, Mayfield uh, did not uh, take them flying to Houston to meet with Watson well. Uh, as uh, leadership was flying back, Mayfield posted a, a, basically a peace out statement on yeah. his social media. <laughs> it's been real, Cleveland. Thanks for everything, but I'm out of here. And uh, when he ultimately submitted the the trade request, which, by the way, came hours after they learned from Deshaun Watson's camp, they were the first team eliminated from uh, contention for his services. And I think that when Baker put in the trade request or, you know, Baker's people put in that trade request, they're like, yeah, whatever we have to do to get Deshaun Watson, we're going to do. And the one way to do that is just bags and bags of cash. And we're just going to fully guarantee the contract. We're going to take away any and all protections for recouping money in the event of a suspension, which has been a big criticism from the national media. My argument had always been, if you're going to criticize it, criticize the right thing, criticize them, not protecting recouping part of the signing bonus. Don't criticize the structure of the contract because that's how all NFL teams, including the Browns, do their big contracts. Here's a pile of cash for your signing bonus, and we give you a veteran minimum salary for uh, you know for the season. So mm-hmm. criticize them protecting the signing bonus, not the minimum year one salary. Um, but, yeah, I, that, that's what it, I think ultimately came down to. And then what do you know? Magically, after they say we'll fully guarantee $230 million, um, 
Deshaun Watson's like, yeah, sure, we'll go ahead and waive the no trade and become a Cleveland Brown, talk to the Houston Texans, finalize things on your end. They send six draft picks, including three uh, first-rounders uh, to the Texans, and as they say, the rest is history. But yeah, the Browns were the first team eliminated uh, from the sweepstakes. But uh, uh, to Andrew Barry's credit, uh, from again, I'm speaking from a pure football standpoint here. Mm-hmm. But to his credit, he didn't take no for an answer. He circled back, and he was able to make sure that he he got the player that he wanted. All right, one last Deshaun question, then I want to get into the Browns and Eagles and what you expect to see this afternoon of practice. Uh, maybe you got something off the record. I doubt highly anyone would say this on the record. Were the Browns actually rooting for an entire season suspension? <laughs> because if that were the case, then they would still have five years to run on the contract. Because it's only 11 games, this is the first year of the contract. They're now only going to have four on the back end. Do you think the Browns were actually disappointed that he didn't get a full year suspension? No, I think that they were disappointed that the suspension got lengthened. Um, I, I, I believe that they went into this process with the complete understanding he was going to be suspended. But I kind of feel like their expectation was they were thinking anywhere from two to six games, which originally Suell Robinson gave him six games. And yeah. frankly, that was a win for the Browns as well uh, as Watson. But no, I don't believe that they were rooting for him to be suspended for the full season. To your point, yeah, a little bit. The Browns kind of get penalized here, uh, and understandably so, for those that are angry that the Browns did what they did by acquiring him and giving him this record contract and fully guaranteeing everything. They're not going to get the full benefit of a full five seasons from him, nope. but their expectation is – some point down the road, they will renegotiate. They will extend him. He is going to be their franchise quarterback, hopefully for the next decade. Again, we're speaking from just a few uh, football perspective. Yeah. And, and that's how Andrew Barry uh, has uh, approached this. Part of the reason that they redid his Texans deal and just didn't take on the contract as it existed was because they wanted to get that fifth year of control. And they, to your point, They sort of lose that now because they only get him for six games. Uh, Daryl, let's talk about the Browns. To me, from the outside looking in, a very talented roster. We know Andrew Berry here well in Philadelphia. Catherine Raich also, he brings over uh, the Browns. So the Eagles and Browns, they're pretty familiar with each other from a football ops standpoint. Um I see Miles Garrett now. He's been out with personal uh, personal issues over the past couple of days. Um, very talented pass rusher, maybe the best in football. The offensive line is right there with Philadelphia as one of the best in the NFL. Maybe if they brought J.C. Treader back, they'd be the best. Um, they had some issues with offensive line, offensive center injuries. How talented is this team? Um, we know when Watson comes back, that's part of the reason they did it, right? Because they think they're a Super Bowl team with the right quarterback. Do you think that roster is a Super Bowl-level roster? With Deshaun Watson? Yes. Yes, I, I do. Now, can they get there? That's a, a different discussion. But from a from a talent perspective, yeah, absolutely. I mean, part of the problem for the Browns over the years since being reincarnated in 1999 is – their ability to acquire and field elite talent. Well, when you look at their roster, they have elite players at 
again, we're going to include Watson here. They now have elite players at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, defensive end, and cornerback. Every major position on the field where every cornerstone for roster building, the Cleveland Browns have an elite player, okay? Now you go a little deeper here, right? They have one of the best offensive lines in the National Football League. Fairly important, right? Then you look at the rest of the composition on the defensive side of the ball. They've got a pretty talented secondary. It's a passing league. Very important. Now, we're going to find out here if the depth is as good as I believe it to be or not. Uh, Time will uh, tell that. But, yeah, if Deshaun Watson was available from week one, I think that the Browns not only are a playoff team, but you could put them on the periphery of the conversation of being a a Super Bowl contender. And Andrew Barry, I think, went into this offseason feeling that quarterback was the missing piece. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, good, solid quarterback, but he's not elite. And and we don't project him as an organization to become an elite player. So what do we have to do? We've got to find that missing piece, which the Browns haven't had for decades. And they feel that they've done that in Deshaun Watson. So yeah, if Watson's on the field, this is a Super Bowl caliber roster when you look at it. Now, injuries, attrition, things like that, all those, you have to factor all that in. But uh, when I look at both sides of the ball and I look at those key cornerstone positions, Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, um, Joel Batonio and Wyatt Teller, two of the best guards in the NFL. Uh, You you look on uh, the defensive side of the ball, Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, who combined for over uh, 20 sacks last year. Um, You look at the secondary, Denzel Ward, Pro Bowl, uh, multiple Pro Bowls uh, on his resume already. Up-and-comer, Greg Newsome. Uh, you got Greedy Williams. Look at that secondary. Ronnie Harrison, John Johnson III, uh, Grant Delpin <clears throat> coming into his uh, second full season. They have high expectations for him. So, yeah, there is a lot of talent. But as you know, talent only takes you so far in the National Football League. You still got to go out there and do it week in and week out. And then Jacoby Brissett is going to have a big say on how good the Browns are this year. All right, John Touchdown, I want to follow up. J.C. Treader, Cleveland lost their center early on, first game, first preseason game. Last year, Pro Football Focus had Treader ranked as one of the five or six or seven best centers in the NFL. He was a free agent. He's the head of the Players Union rep. I say shame on the Browns. I say shame on a bunch of NFL teams that I think Treader would be a better center for than the guy they have right now. But the Browns had Treader and no Treader. Uh, the background of the situation, you've got a better grasp on it than any of us do. Browns just wanted to move on. They were ready to go in another direction. Maybe they thought Treader was a little overrated. Treader wanted no more part of being in Cleveland. Is it a money issue? Did Treader ask for something and the Browns weren't willing to play? I uh, gave you a bunch of different options there. You tell me, <laughs> why isn't J.C. Treader the, uh, the center of the Cleveland Browns? Uh, let's see, which door am I going to pick? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Find door number one. (laughs) Okay. So here's what happened. Um, JC Treader was a salary cap casualty. Number one, number two, the writing was on the wall a couple years ago when they drafted Nick Harris, uh, out of Washington, everyone, the day he was drafted, well, there's JC Treader's eventual replacement. So this, this became year three. Uh, for Nick Harris, uh, when they uh, released Treader, they saved over eight million and change off the salary cap. Okay. Now you, 
the counter argument is, well, Daryl, the Browns have the most salary cap space of any team. Why do they need it? Well, because next year they're <laughs> up running to salary cap hell with Deshaun Watson's contract. Yeah, He's going to be, you know, that that kind of kicks in and, and all these other extensions, Miles Garrett's extension, Denzel Ward's extension. They're, they're paying their players, Wyatt Teller, Nick Chubb. So they have, they need all this salary cap room that they can get. The other thing, and this isn't a Browns thing. This is an NFL thing. I think the fact that he is the NFLPA president uh, is being used against him. Yep. Uh, the fact that he has advocated for player safety and he's been a guy that says, don't go to OTAs, don't go to the offseason program. It is voluntary. Keyword voluntary, right? It yeah. used to be, it's voluntary, wink, wink, nudge, yeah. nudge. It's voluntary, but your butt better be here, wink, wink, nudge, <laughs> nudge right? And, and, and so that, that has shifted. And, and so you have coaches. Oh, I mean, look, Tampa Bay lost their starting center, right? They didn't run out and go get J.C. Treader. Well, who's the quarterback down there? Tom Brady. During COVID, what happened? Tom Brady's out doing all these workouts and, and I'm going to say it, violating the, the – Yeah, yeah he did. You know, yeah. put in place, right? He's a competitive yeah. guy. He's like, I'm fine. I don't care. I just want to get ready for football, right? So I, I, I don't think that J.C. Treader's uh, philosophical approach, I think is the way to put it meshes with a lot of coaches or a lot of players while there are some that uh, and again jc as the nflpa president his job is to advocate on behalf of players and to enforce the collective bargaining agreement and since the offseason program is voluntary he's enforcing the letter of the law it is voluntary so <clears throat> his players are not required to show up even though coaches want to say you need to be here it is voluntary and so i just i don't think that that uh sits well with a lot of people and that's not fair to jc treader because he is doing his job as a representative just like those that were criticizing the nflpa for backing deshaun watson in defending him that's yeah, their job right yeah. it, it's yeah. not about what deshaun was accused of it's about he is a member of a union and the union's job is to advocate on behalf of one of their members under the terms of the collective bargaining agreement. That's what it's about. Yeah. So yeah, I do feel like JC Treader is being slighted by teams because he's the NFLPA president. And is it, is it wrong from my standpoint, hundred percent. I think JC Treader is a real good player. He missed one game. In his time with the Browns, since he signed with Green Bay as a free agent, he missed a single game, and that was because of COVID protocols. That dude played through knee injuries. He played he played three-quarters of a season with a high ankle sprain. Dude would come into the locker room every single day wearing a walking boot, couldn't practice, could barely walk. You could see the pain on the man's face out there every Sunday and playing at a high level. Not just he was on the field, but he played well. So he's a good, dependable player. I feel like he's got a lot in the tank and a lot to offer teams, but he is the NFL yeah. president. And I will say the quiet part out loud on behalf of him. He should be on a roster somewhere. But oh, no question. He's a top 10 center in this league. There's no doubt about it. And there's a lot of teams with bad centers that could use J.C. Treader. But, and he's, um, a, he's a great guy in the locker room, too. Setting aside the, the union aspect of it, good teammate, good human being. Like, he is 
he is everything you want in your locker room, and he is everything that you want representing your organization. Yeah, uh, you would think. And and that wink-wink part, Terrell, you were talking about, it's still wink-wink for if you're the bottom end of the roster. If you're, you know, 50th uh, and you're on the bubble, you better show up for that voluntary work. So still some of that going on. But I, I do want to get some intel. Um, I mentioned the Eagles and the Browns and their familiarity with each other. The Eagles have a bit of a hole at running back. The Browns have a really good running back who's not No, happy. you can't have Kareem Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> and and, if, if I'm Andrew Barry, no. Yeah. Respectfully, uh, yeah. deal with it. <laughs> and, yeah, but, uh, but hold on, hold on. Your guy asked to be traded. Yeah. He wanted out. And have you, they just turned what? into – have they told him shut up and run? Right. Uh, you're, you're exactly. I'm under no obligation contract. In pro sports, guys dictate yeah. terms more than they've ever done before. And certainly your running back here in town has let his feelings be well known. He doesn't want to be there. Have well, they come to an accord that – Sorry, here. suck it up and get it done, Kareem. He's 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 a Cleveland native, so he does want to be here. He just wants the security of being here. He's in the final year of his deal with incentives. He's going to make about six and a quarter million, uh, which is pretty good money for a number two running back. Right. Now, but now, real quick, Daryl, you now, say number two running back. He's not a number two running back, but right. he is in Cleveland. Hundred hundred percent. And I was just about to follow up with that. He's not a number two running back. He is a legit top right running back and stump Mitchell, his position coach was like, yeah, he could be the best in the game. He's that yeah. good. Um, so that is a luxury I'm not giving up. And especially if I'm Andrew Barry, because I'll have my franchise starting quarterback available. I need every weapon to surround Jacoby Brissett with. So, um, if you want to earn Johnson, we can have a conversation. Yeah. That. Uh, if you would like to like, uh, you know, someone a little further down the depth chart, like maybe John Kelly Jr. We can yeah. have a conversation about that. Well, uh, the Eagles could use the Ernest Johnson. They could use. It's Ernest Johnson. is a nice young player. I like him a lot. Uh, yeah. Versatile can, uh, you know, return. Uh, certainly is going to wow you in the return game, but he can do it proficiently. Um, but yeah, I, if, if I'm the Browns, I'm not moving Kareem hunt. I respect that. He wants to be traded. Hey, I want to win the lottery, <laughs> but in this little world, I call reality that ain't happening. So, uh, Kareem, you're under contract. We're going to pay you well. Uh, we're, you're going to get opportunities, especially early in the season. And so put up your numbers here. We'll put you in position to contribute, put up your numbers here, go to free agency next year and, and get your big money. But um, yeah, if I'm Andrew Berry right now, uh, I don't think the Browns have the luxury of being able to trade Kareem Hunt right now. Fair enough. All right, Daryl, we'll uh, end on this note. Uh, you'll gladly go back to work and actually watch practice <laughs> day yeah. and be able to evaluate football. Nice. Good on you, big it's, guy. It's this Cleveland. Anything yeah. is possible. Uh, okay, something else could come down. You never count the chicken. I, I, I get you. Um, <laughs> I uh, I said this to uh, the Eagle guy Eddie Kratz we had on earlier. Yesterday's practice went an hour and forty minutes. Yeah, under was... over today's practice will go less than an hour and forty minutes or more than an hour and forty minutes. 
I'm going to say an hour and 45 minutes. So I'll take the over. All right. We got two overs. I want the under. Slightly over. Dow, great stuff. We appreciate having you on. And thanks. Uh, Know that we had you on specifically talk about the practice. You didn't get a chance to watch it because, yeah, you had some other business to take care of. Understood. Uh, You did a great job breaking down the Browns with us and giving us some Deshaun Watson background information. Thanks for doing it. We'll get you back on down the road. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Pleasure. Thanks, Dow. Our pleasure. That's Dow Wright. Good, good spot. Just not the spot we were expecting to have to talk about yesterday's practice. Deshaun, you know, Deshaun, Deshaun, Deshaun. And I do think it was interesting. Quincy Avery was there, who was the quarterback coach of Jalen Hurts until he went out to Southern California. That's, you know, when the Eagles talk about he went out to Southern California to work with, uh, Adam Jadu and uh, 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 Tom House, um, they don't like to talk about it because of Quincy Avery. They don't want to sort of alienate him. So Quincy was there, and he took a picture with Jalen, uh, Jalen Hurts, Deshaun Watson, Josh Dobbs, three of his students, uh, very close to Sean Watson and Jalen Hurts. And that's the reason why he would not consider Philadelphia. And – Crush your lucky fingers. Uh, that's probably a good thing for the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, come back. We got to put a bow on this show. Uh, I want to follow up on one thing that Daryl said with John. Still got a couple of minutes left. There's no reason for you to check out a Birds 365. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears.
right, coming down the home stretch here on Birds 365. Thank you, Del Wright, for hopping on with us. <clears throat> and uh, maybe I should apologize because I got a little uppity there because he did too when we referenced uh, yeah, Kareem. Kareem Hunt. Yeah, he went immediately on a. No, you can't have Kareem. Yeah, on. yeah. Well, my my theory is that Kareem really wants to play. I mean, as good as he is, he's not Nick Chubb. So, I mean. You could argue that the the Browns have two of the top ten running backs in the NFL, I believe, right. and and you know he's just blocked by a better player. And sometimes you you know you want to go be that top ten guy, and if he makes it difficult, you know. But I understand the Browns. You know they want that depth, but there are some holes. As much talent as we said, one of them is receiver. Outside of Amari Cooper, there's not a ton of guys that are really, really proven. Now, you know, I wouldn't you, – you'd, you'd certainly be talking about Jalen Rager and Plus, much right. more for Kareem Hunt. But, you know, they're one of those teams. They could use a body, a talented body at receiver. Maybe you can buy, convince them to start the reclamation project. Maybe here's, not. Here's why I think it's legit for the Eagles and or several other teams to be in the conversation, to be able to pry Kareem Hunt away from Cleveland. Again, not that Cleveland needs the cap space, but um, he is a $6 million player yeah. as a backup running back. Starting running backs don't make $6 million in the NFL. The yeah. majority of the teams in the NFL who have that starting running back don't make close to $6 million. And, and by the way, Joe, Dearness Johnson is pretty good number three. So you wouldn't be, you know, decimated. You'd have like a typical backup running back, a pretty good backup running back. Uh, so that factors into it as well, from my perspective. Right. Now, uh, am I suggesting I think this is going to get done? No, I no, don't. No. Because I, don't. I think you pointed out here earlier, John, you were dead on right the Eagles don't value the no. running back position to the tune of an $8 million, a $6 million start. No. They just haven't. They don't. If they were to acquire him, they'd have to do some other things under the cap to be able to create, uh, create the space to bring him in. I think that's the main reason it won't happen, but I think there's at least a conversation to be had there. According to our buddy, Daryl, not happening. Cleveland yeah. is keeping their running back this year and letting him go out and sing for his supper. And if he goes free agent at the end of the year, they'll let him go rather than yeah, get something for him now. They'd rather throw keep this in. and throw this in the hopper as well, Jody. If they want to throw the ball, you know, don't bring in a running back who's really good running it, you know, because then there's more pressure to just run the football uh, with Kareem Hunt. So maybe that's something yeah, on the back end too, as well. Uh, you know, I'm I'm all for the Jalen's going to get it up there 30 times plus per game this year. Whether it works or not, whether they move off it like they did last year, that's to be determined. First month of the season, guarantee you the Eagles are going to be one of the most active passing teams in the National Football League because, A, that's what they want to do, and, B, I think they're going to be able to do it because of A.J. Brown, because of Devontae Smith, because of Dallas Goddard. I think they've got a ton of very good weapons. I, uh, you and I are going to do this again next week. Uh, you're not Miami bound either. Um, don't know. Uh, as far as determined? I know, yeah, still to be determined. DBD, maybe. Yeah, and if you're going to skip one of the two, I'd skip yeah, I, I, over yeah. South Beach. Yeah. We shall see if uh, Johnny Mac is heading down. But but for but for sure, you're here Monday with me. 
for sure. For sure. Um, for for sure. sure. For sure. Well, we, you know, we're, we're, we're all day to day. I always day. say. <laughs> McBone's going down the, if I'm alive after the weekend. Bruce. Yeah. That's what we like to hear. All right. Uh, good week this week, partner. Appreciate it greatly. Looking forward to next week as we get the countdown even closer. Uh, just three weeks after we pass Sunday, less than three weeks when we return here yeah. on Birds Three Sixty Five. And and by the way, we are what is today? August nineteenth, Jody. Eleven days from the cut to fifty-three. Ooh, Eleven days away. Where Johnny Mac gets tested against his buddy Bo Wolf. We will we will have the results yeah, of that too here. Much on Birds 365. Too much pressure now. Too much pressure. I might oh, not show up. Too I'm much piling pressure. the pressure on you. You yeah. can take the pressure, buddy. Uh, we'll be piling it on you. We pile it on you every single day here on Birds 365. We'll do it again in two and two days, that is. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.